Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be reading from God's Word, verses 12 through 31. I'll give you, give you a second to get there. I'll be reading from the ESV. All right. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye... Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. And there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administering, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. God's word. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the spirit who uses it to change our hearts. We pray, Father, for anointing upon the preacher and hearer alike. Or give us eyes to see and ears to hear. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Well, it's a great Sunday as we celebrate the addition of eight new communing members. We're taking a break from our study of 1 Peter as we think about this morning what it means to be a member and using the gifts that God has given individually each one of us to use for the building up of His church. Um, There are many parts, but one body. And each member of the church is crucial to the church. And the Lord has given each and every one of us talents, 
skills, and gifts that are to be used broadly to build the universal church, the body of Christ, but also our individual part of it, our own congregation. There are many parts at one body. There are many gifts at one purpose. And just as our body, or excuse me, our, our Lord has built our bodies with every needed part just in the right order and place, God has arranged and composed the church in such a way that He has brought to us the skills, gifts, and talents that are needed to fulfill the broader mission of the Great Commission and the individual mission of our church to know Christ and to make Him known. We need the gifts that the Lord has given each one of us as we join together to work towards this goal. We now have eight new members who will be contributing as well. The body of Christ is complex. has a single mission. It reminds me of the space shuttle. Uh, 2.5 million parts the most complex machine ever built. 230 miles of wiring, 1,060 valves and ductwork pieces, um, 27,000 insulating tiles and blankets. This was a very complex machine. And at 10 grand a pound, when it went into space, it was complex but built for a purpose. As complex as the space shuttle was, more complex is the body of Christ. And it has been built, it is being built for one purpose, to spread the gospel. We, we, we learned this mission that we have. We, we spoke of it a few minutes ago when we baptized Ernest. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the mission. And how does God accomplish this mission? He accomplishes it through His people. The Holy Spirit working through His people to bring more people to know the Lord. To grow us all individually in our knowledge of His love for us as we move forward ultimately to the day of Christ's great return. And so this morning I want to explore this idea that the Lord has given each and every one of us talents that are needed in the local congregation. And in our situation, First Presbyterian Church, this is why He has given it to us, for His glory, that we might use it for the building up of His church. The image that Paul uses in this text is that of a body. We find in several places throughout Scripture that the church is referred to as the body of Christ. And here Paul really fleshes that out. The context here is spiritual gifts. These gifts that were given to us by God specifically for the building up of the kingdom. Just like Spinks has just said, we're all good at something. And each one of us has at least one spiritual gift, some more. But the fact remains that each one of us has at least one spiritual gift that God has given us. That we might use it for the building of the church. To each He gives something different, for they are all from God and for His glory, as we see in verse 11. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as He wills. You know, when we say that, uh, have you ever heard that saying that when God was handing out patience, He didn't give it to me, or, you know, whatever it is that you don't think you have. 
But, you know, God doesn't have like big groups of people and he says, you know, and paints them with one gift and said, oh, y'all are okay, and over there. He individually gives to each person specifically their own gifts and their own talents. But who owns them? We don't own our gifts. We don't own our talents. We are merely stewards, someone who cares for something that belongs to someone else. And God has loaned us these gifts with a purpose in mind. Not that just we can do whatever we want to with them, we should enjoy them, but we should make sure that we use them to build the church up. We see in Scripture many lists, but we can build a composite list of spiritual gifts, of teaching, administrating, helping, gift of evangelism, serving, speaking. Others have received the gift of hospitality, giving, and leading. Everyone in this room is good at something. And many in this room are good at more than one thing. But there isn't anyone in this room who isn't good at something. The Lord hasn't given a gift yet. And if you don't know what it is, it just means you haven't discovered it yet. It might not mean that you're going to receive an Oscar for acting. But it does mean that the Lord has in His grace given you something special to use for His glory. The image that Paul uses here is of the body, and it's a very apt one, isn't it? Because the body is really complex. Um, If you were here a few weeks ago when Jimmy Atkinson gave his uh, presentation on the eye, I I was sad I wasn't here. We always get the good guys when I'm not here. You know, one of these days I might stick around and hear one. Uh, But he was talking about how complex the eye is. But, you know, the body has 37 uh, trillion cells in it. 37 trillion. The balance of hormones and organs and fluids and gray matter and systems and nerves all must work together in order to be able to make the body work. This is how the church is, isn't it? We may not have 37 billion or trillion members. We have many members. And the Lord has given each one of us these gifts to use for His glory. This means that it's not a surprise to the Lord that you are here, that you're part of this congregation. The Lord has arranged specifically so that our needs as a church might be met through us. And so He has brought us all that we need. We have particular needs, and the Lord has met them particularly through His people. That means that there are a lot of different parts that are needed. When it comes to gifts and talents, diversity is a fantastic thing. We see this with the church, that we have been given a diverse group of people, even in this room. This is important because none of us has the same gift mix. We're all different. We're all unique. We see this summed up in verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Um, The Lord has blessed us with a very diverse church. And and I've gone through this list before with you uh, several years ago. And I updated it. I was thinking about who we have here as members and regular attendees. We have teachers and educators of all kinds. Administrators, speech pathologists, businessmen and owners. Students of all stripes and ages. 
foresters coming out of our ears. Salesmen, secretaries, advertisers, machinists, CPAs, gunsmiths, organists, pianists, band directors, vocalists, welders, retail workers, um, lawyers, world travelers, cooks, housekeepers, jacks of all trades, nurses, handyman, uh, folks who work with electricity, folks who live with living trees, folks who work with dead trees, handymen, farmers, line workers, firemen, policemen, engineers, real estate agent, folks who work with and run nonprofit organizations, bookkeepers, weathermen, advocates for the poor and needy, the elderly, retired, military, uh, stay at home moms, and one preacher. And I'm sure I missed a lot. And as we expand that list beyond what we do, because we're not defined by what we do, are we? We're defined by Christ. You'll get musicians, builders, cleaners, visionaries, leaders, followers, encouragers, amazing cooks. Amen. Task-oriented, goal-oriented, type A, type B, new Christians, mature Christians, exhorters, painters, decorators, planners, singles, marrieds, retired servants, readers, prayer warriors, doers of the word, babysitters, advocates of the poor and homeless, and much, much more. What would happen if the church were mobilized? What would happen? What would happen if the Lord had a mission for the local church to accomplish? What would happen? What would He do? Perhaps He would sovereignly place a bunch of really diverse people together in one place, each strength offsetting another's weakness. They might be bound by love for each other and for the Lord. They might have a unified purpose and vision with a few folks in leadership to help shepherd the process Perhaps he would give them his presence and meet with them on a, on a regular gathering on a Sabbath day to recharge their batteries and fill them up for the mission of head. This is what he's done. And we call it the church. What if, what, what would Bruton and East Bruton look like if the church were mobilized? Not just our church, but every church. You know, when the Japanese attacked us December 7th, 1941, they, they awoke a sleeping giant, a sleeping industrial giant. By the, by the end of the war, the numbers of things we were cranking out, we went from producing very little in this country, but the country that we know now was an industrial giant, this is in large part because of World War II. By the end of the, the year, or excuse me, by the end of the war, we had produced a total of 310,000 airplanes, 237 aircraft carriers of all sizes, 124,000 ships, 2.4 million vehicles, and 41 billion rounds of ammunition. But guess what? That's a nation. We have the Holy Spirit, and He enables us to use our gifts, even in our failing ways, for His glory and the building up of His church. We have this great diversity, but we have one purpose. We see this in two places, verses 12 through 13, then later in 19 through 20. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. In verse 19, and if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. We are one. We rejoice together because we are uh, joined, well, most of us not by blood, although we do have several families. Uh, We are first and foremost joined together, not by our blood, by the blood of Jesus. 
And we have one purpose. And the Lord has given us people who are gifted that we might work together. So I ask you, what, what talents and skills and gifts has God given to you that He has called you to mobilize and to use to achieve the purpose of this church, to know Christ and to make Him known? We have needs now. We have many needs. We need folks to help teach classes. We need folks, to, men, to serve as officers. We need many to serve on committees. Help us visit our shut-ins. Help with various events each year, like VBS. That's coming up in June, by the way, in our missions conference. Folks that help the deacons caring for the building, caring for the poor, caring for our elderly, caring for the grounds. We have needs with evangelism, discipleship, youth, our young youth, our elderly. One big need is each week we need folks who will Watch the gym, the young youth in the gym on Wednesdays. And if you note that most of these needs are fulfilled 90% when people show up. They say that in order to be discipled, in order to be in leadership, in order to serve, you need to be fat. F-A-T. Faithful, available, and teachable. Faithful, available, and teachable. And when that happens, the Lord uses our gifts. He grows us in His grace and uses us to build the kingdom. It is because we have such faithful young youth volunteers. The Lord was used these volunteers for His glory, nothing in them, all God. But we got to have a baptism this morning. This is, this is evidence, fruit, of people using their gifts for God's glory. They've been perfectly arranged, by the way, Verse 18 tells us, But as it is, God arranged the members in one body, each of them, as He chose. Just as God chose us before foundation of the world for salvation, just as He chose who our parents would be, just how He chose where we would live, just as He chose these things, so this text tells us He chose each person and each person's place in the body of Christ, including right here at FPC. It means it's not a coincidence you're here that God has a specific place for you as we seek to fulfill God's mission here. Have you ever been to Sherwin-Williams and seen how they mix paint? Sherwin-Williams advertises 1,500 shades of paint. You know, essentially, because on the, on the uh, splotchy things, what do you call those things, the samples, they give you, a lot of times they don't look very different. But then you put it on a wall and you really can tell. Somehow our eyes can perceive just the, the slightest shift, the slightest change. The word that's translated here, arranged, that God arranged us in Greek outside of Scripture is used to refer to mixing paints. This is what he's done. There's a specific shade that is First Presbyterian Church. And just like, you know, one little red dot when they put it in the, in the paint, it's amazing. They'll put one little red dot and it'll completely change the mix. And so the Lord has arranged in His providence and His sovereignty and His love and care and mercy and grace. He has mixed us to the right shade of paint so that His kingdom might be extended. But there are problems uh, we see this in the Corinthian church. The first we see in verses 14 through 17 uh, that there were many who weren't using their gifts. You've heard the old 80-20 rule? 20% doing 80% of the work? Apparently it was going on in Corinth as well. 
verses 15 and 16. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. You know, he's saying that just because someone doesn't use their gift, it doesn't mean they are removed from the body of Christ. You know what happens when your arm falls asleep at night? You can't do anything with it, can you? You're missing your hand. And so it is in the church. And when we decide not to use our gifts that he is, the Lord has given us for the purpose of building his church, there's a need that isn't met. This might come from ignorance of gift or ignorance of the need, gifts that haven't been developed. But, but oftentimes, let's be honest, it's because I'm just selfish. My heart is selfish, and I, I repent all the time for my selfish heart. Perhaps you fall in the same suit. But sometimes there's a superiority complex. The idea that my gifts are better than yours, and therefore your gifts are worthless. The other is true as well, the inferiority complex we see in 22 to 24. That because my gifts aren't snazzy, because I can't play the piano or teach or, or whatever it is, then my gifts are worthless. And that's just not true. Do you know how many people it takes to put a, a, a battalion of soldiers in the field? They, they might be able to fight for a little while. But if they don't have the support personnel to keep them fed, to keep them, uh, to have enough ammunition, support personnel to, to fix their, their vehicles, provide, provide communications, these things may not be snazzy, but in some ways they're more important than what happens on the front lines. And so Paul answers these two questions here. The idea that our gifts aren't fancy enough or your gifts aren't fancy enough. And the reality is that both are driven by pride. And we are called to use the gifts that God has given us and rejoice in the gifts that the Lord has given to others. Well, in conclusion, we rejoice that the Lord has brought us eight new members, some of whom have been members, non-committing members for quite some time, but now are full members And we've seen already how they have used their gifts for God's glory. Rowan, Reagan, Royce, Ellie, and Eva have already blessed us with uh, the Christmas play, among other things. Lucy Hughes, I have rarely seen a better VBS worker with children. We're very thankful for your ministry. Noah will do anything around the church you need him to do. I got his help when we were working on decorating the church. It was a delight to work with him. And Ernest, who has only been a Christian for a few months, is fantastic with the children on Wednesday nights. I know my son greatly looks up to him. Um, I didn't miss anybody, right? I got the the eight there. The Lord has has greatly blessed us with these um, young men and women, and they are examples for us that we might similarly use our gifts for the building of His church. What part of the body are you? And how can you serve the Lord here at First Press? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have arranged the body as you have desired, that you might um, use us to fulfill the Great Commission, that you might use us to know Christ and to make him known in our community. Father, help us be more faithful to use our gifts for you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.